Okay, I bet you're all wondering what's in here. <laughs> all right, I bet you're all wondering. Okay. How many of you, when you were children, played Pass the Parcel? I remember did. And how many of you used to think, I'm going to hold on to this parcel till the music stops? I don't want to pass it on. How many of you felt like that? Yeah, I know, there were a lot of them. And, and when you're watching children playing it, they're like, you have to rip it off the first one to give it to the other one. Anyway, we can play Pass the Parcel, and I'll explain at the end the relevance of this game, all right? Now, I'm not going to get everybody to pass it round because I haven't got a lot of time. So I'm going to cheat, and I'm going to unpack and take the first couple of layers off, all right? So we've got the last sort of layers off. Now inside is the next layer, all right? It's the balloon. We are going to pass this balloon around. I can see some people already don't like the sound of balloons. <laughs> Their ears are already curled up. We're going to pass this balloon around. I will turn my back, and I'll go, duh, 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 duh. and when I stop, whoever's got it, there's a little note on it. Read the note and do what it says, if you can. <laughs> All right? You ready? Okay. So, start over here. Off you go. Pass it around. Just flick it about. Flick it around. That's it. Just flick it around. Do, do, do. Oh, we got music. Oh, well done, whoever did that. Keep flicking around. A bit over this way. I can see a few people not wanting this. I want to get rid of it as fast as possible. Bit around, kick it about. Do, 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 do. And stop. Oh. Oh. Oh, there was a little bit of hesitation here. Can you do that? Really? Can you do it or not? But you don't like to. Sorry? Yes. What the card said was, use this safety pin to pop the balloon. Okay, pop it. <laughs> right, now notice the apprehension and the tension, but well done. But open your eyes and see what came out. You can keep the fiver. Yeah, well, you can keep it. It's all right. It's for you. Yes, it's for you. All right? Okay. <laughs> right, a free gift. All right, so I'll explain the relevance of why we did that in a minute, okay? All right. Now, I do, darling. Oh, gosh. Getting nervous now. All right. Okay. Oh, I suppose I could. Oh, to be formal now. Okay. Um, I think it's great this morning that we've heard some really exciting words. That one of Stephanie's, you'll see, is really spot on this morning about something. So, Right, this morning my aims are... to share some of the things that God has put on my heart over a period of weeks, Lord, things that have been on my heart. I'm kind of sharing. Um, and I'm going to use a passage from Luke to do this. And Acts, no, got the wrong one, Acts. <laughs> um, and they're, they're to do with, to know how Paul, Ananias, and how others encounter Jesus. Right? Know some of the ways we encounter Jesus and God. To seek to come into the presence of God, which is what we've been doing this morning in an amazing way, and encounter him, receive from him. And I'm trying to leave time at the end. I can't see the clock because of the light. 
that's better. Um, try and leave time at the end to spend time coming into the present Jesus. And I want to got a few things that I feel God wants me to share. Right. If we encounter something, it means we meet someone or something unexpectedly, just as Paul did in Acts. Now, Paul encounters Jesus on the road to Damascus. Now, this is recorded three times in Acts. I didn't realize this until I really looked it up. It it happens three times. Acts 9, Acts 22, and Acts 26. There's three recordings of that. In... um, Luke writes the account in Acts 9 as as he sees it, but the following two ones are as Paul declares what what, what happened to him to a crowd and to King Agrippa in Jerusalem. All right? Now, we pick this up where uh, Paul is speaking to... He's standing on the steps and he's speaking to the crowd, to the people. Acts 22, verse 6. I might say Paul, or I might say Saul. For those people that might not know, he's the same person, okay? He's the same person. His name got sort of changed in Acts. So sometimes you've got Paul, sometimes you get Saul. So that's how it changed. Um, he starts by telling people about this crowd, about his upbringing and his training and things that he's learned, how he was going to persecute and how he'd been persecuting the followers of Jesus and they were called the way, um, including putting men, women, and children to death. Um, And he'd acquired some letters as he was going to Damascus from the high priest um, to arrest the believers and take them back to Jerusalem. Now, we're going to pick it up in verse 6. About noon, as I came near Damascus, suddenly a bright light from heaven flashed around me. I fell to the ground and heard a voice say to me, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord, I asked. I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting, he replied. My companions saw the light, but they did not understand the voice of him who was speaking to me. What shall I do, I asked. Get up, the Lord said, and go to Damascus. There you will be told all that you have been assigned to do. My companions led me by the hand into Damascus because the brilliance of the light had blinded me. Now, sort of three days, we're told in Acts 9, three days passed. um, And uh, during that time, Ananias was given a vision to go to Saul and place his hands on him and restore the light. So I'm going to pick it up on 12. A man named Ananias came to see me. He was a devout observer. Am I booming a bit here? Sorry. I was a, he was a devout observer of the law and highly respected by all the Jews living there. He stood beside me and said, Brother Saul, receive your sight. And at that very moment, I was able to see him. Then he said, The God of your ancestors has chosen you to know his will and to see the righteous one and to hear words from his mouth. You will be his witnesses to all people of what you have seen and heard. And now, what, you are, what are you waiting for? Get up, be baptized, and wash away your sins, calling on his name. Now, this encounter obviously happened very suddenly. It was noon. You would not expect 
at noon in Damascus to see bright, blinding lights. All right? So it was obviously from heaven. It was a heavenly thing. All right? So he saw something. His encounter was he saw something. It was his sight. He fell. He physically fell down. Whether this was from the fear of the presence of the Lord or just the presence pushing him down, but he fell. Um, people can fall. Felix here was at Resonate. I was standing behind Felix, who whooshed back. We were singing and praising, and the presence of the Lord was free. So Felix came whopping back, whooshing back, straight back, because the presence of the Lord. He was delighting in the Lord, and he came back. So people fall in the presence of the Lord. Um, he heard... He heard a voice calling him by name. And it was a sort of solemn repetition. Saul, Saul. Which suggests that he was sort of in the presence of deity as well. Jesus knew his name. God uses names to speak to people. God uses names. There's evidence that his companions saw the light... But they weren't affected, and they didn't understand what was being said. So we often can see that people are being touched. We don't always know what's going on, and we don't always understand. But it's, there is evidence that people are being touched by the Lord sometimes. And sometimes we can encounter with God, our encounters with God can mean... Some of you have had that heart is beating rapidly, thinking, oh, I've got to say something, I've got to say something... It beats faster. There could be a gradual unfolding of a revelation, something in you. There could be joy. There could be laughter. And, and sometimes encounters come through pain. Um, there, a friend of mine, um, she was in a bit of a state, a bit of trouble. Her daughter was very ill. I went to see her. I prayed with her, and God gave me a picture of a bunch of... Um, sweet peas for her in a little dish. Now, these sweet peas, I said, do sweet peas mean anything to you? And she said, the only thing I know about sweet peas is my mum grew them in the garage, on the garage floor. When she said that, she burst into tears. God suddenly touched her through these sweet peas. It showed her that God loved her. And at that time, she was feeling, because he was showing that he, he knew her, and it was saying to her, I know you, I know your situation, I care about you, all right? So sometimes it came through pain. It was the pain of knowing her mum had died a long time ago, but it came back. The other thing is we can't put God in a box. There's no way we can put God in a box. He works however he wants to work. Saul was also given direction, all right? Another thing, another can. Um, he asked God what to do. What shall I do, Lord? Um, is this also a change in Saul's action, we might ask? Is this a change in his action? He doesn't become a Christian, but is that a change in his action? He had a vision. Well, he had a, the vision of Ananias coming to him. And he had healing. Quite a lot of encounters, I'd say. You know, we'd be lucky if any of us get one or two of these, let alone all of those. Now, in contrast, I just want to look at Ananias. Ananias wasn't anyone special. He was like you, and he was like me, all right? But he has an encounter with Jesus. In Acts 9, it tells us that Jesus 
called him in a vision. Now, Ananias knew Jesus' voice. He knew it was Jesus calling him because he, he was very close with him. He, he just saw after him. He loved him. He, all right, he knew his voice. And he says, yes, Lord. And he's given directions. He's given instructions to go to see Saul and pray for him to restore his sight. I don't know about you, but if I'd have been Ananias, I'd have thought, can't you choose somebody else? I don't want to go there. Because obviously he knew that um, Ananias, um, he knew that Saul had these letters to kill Christians and things, or take them prisoners. At Resonate Global Conference, there's a person called Surprise. And he said, first of all, let me just jump back a bit. Obviously, Ananias was worried, okay? But he had the courage to take a risk and reveal himself to Saul, all right? He had the courage to do that. Now, surprise at uh, this Global Resonate Conference that some of the leaders went to said, don't stop taking risks. Power of the Holy Spirit is with us, which it is. Otherwise, we stop moving on and stop the supernatural power. It's quite, you know, if you think about that, that's quite a serious thing. You know, if we don't take risks, we begin to stop the supernatural power. Take a risk, seek his presence. We're also told that Ananias was faithful, committed to prayer, and he was filled with the Holy Spirit. He did what he was told, he was obedient, and he was faithful. His faithfulness visit to Paul at Judas's house on Straight Street, this is the most important thing, was a vital first step in the church's global expansion. If Ananias hadn't gone, I'm sure God might have used somebody else, but he went, and this man was going to go out into the world, all right? This was an important job that he was given. He, at the time, didn't know it was going to be a massive thing. You know, he didn't have the big picture that God was going to use him to get to the Gentiles and everyone else. He just knew he had to go and pray for him. So sometimes we don't know what our little things we do are like in the big picture, all right? It's really important. Now, I've gone, lost myself because I've put that up as we go. So Ananias is... Ananias is a challenge to us about the scope of all God wants us to do for him. And we don't know what God's big picture is about things. He also, when he went, had a generous heart and he received. He went to to Cecil and he... I can't read my writing... He calls him Brother Saul. Brother Saul. So he, it was, and he sort of receives him. He was Brother Saul. Now, he uses the receive in, the, uh, in verse 13. Now, the secret of receiving depends on how you receive. It's important as it activates the gifts. Jesus grew up in Nazareth... But people didn't receive him, so nothing happened. You can see that in Luke 4, verse um, 14. But in Capernaum, they received him and welcomed him, and he was able to do many things. 
teaching and casting out of evil spirits and things, so it's able to be received. Saul was chosen for a particular role to witness to all men. God chooses who he speaks to and who he uses. We're also chosen and called to do things, like for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do, Ephesians 2.10. God wants us to enjoy being filled with his spirit, but he does it because we are heirs to the mission he described in Isaiah 61, and that is about the spirit of the Lord is upon me to preach good news, that's one. God has put favor in our lives. He's proved he would, he would walk with us. It cost him everything. It cost him absolutely everything, his son. And he owes us nothing, really. He owes us nothing. When Jesus died, the veil was torn in the temple from top to bottom. Top to bottom is quite difficult, if you think about it. Top to bottom. And it was 30 feet long. God was allowing us to come into his presence once he got rid of our sin and chose Jesus. Once we get rid of our sin and choose Jesus, God wants to meet with us. All right? That's what he's done it for. He wants to meet with us. Right. Paul's encounter with Jesus didn't um, mean that he changed immediately. All right? And his ministry didn't change immediately. He started his ministry that um, Fillmore wrote in his book. It is very easy, because I, I assumed he got this lightning thing and he went out and he preached to loads of people. But actually, Fillmore says, it is very easy to assume that Paul received a sudden impartation of power through the Holy Spirit, which meant that he was able to preach with insight and power and authority, which we can never be matched in our lives. Again, Scripture refuses to place him on such an unhelpful pedestal. In Galatians 1, verse 17 to 18, Paul tells us that he spent his first three years as a Christian in obscurity in Arabia, and a further six years in obscurity in Tarsus. His ministry actually started about ten years after this encounter. All right, I didn't know that, actually, so I've learned something. He spent time in study, prayer, and learning to hear God's will for his life and gathering insights and understandings to go and work with the Gentiles. Ananias, in verse 19, also challenges Saul. As after three days, he's, still, he's not really made a commitment to Jesus. It doesn't say that he has. He tells him to go and be baptized. Um, his conversion was not necessarily an instant thing. It was like three days, you know, it was three days after that he told him to go and get baptized. Now, baptism is the first demand Jesus makes on those who follow him. Obey their new master and get over that first hurdle and become true disciples. Saul's encounter caused him to change direction and allow him to do what Jesus asked him to do. He was actually sold out for Jesus in the end. There are many other encounters in the Bible that you can read about. Moses, Jacob, David, Gideon. But encounters are not just for Bible times. We have encounters. And I've asked a lady from this church 
She's given me permission to use this. And I'm going to read it to you. I'm going to miss out a couple of bits because obviously I don't want to make things vulnerable for her. So I'm not giving you the name, but I want to just read this. Um, first of all, I'm going to give you... I asked her to write it. And she's going to give me, she's giving me a little bit of a prelude to what's going to happen. As a prelude to all this, let me tell you a bit about my mum, who died some years ago. She had a hard life in many ways. Her mother was at one point unable to look after her and her brother, and they had to live in foster homes and at some point in children's home. Mum and her younger brother were separated, and one thing I remember her telling me in later years was that she missed him greatly when she had, was separated from him. Now, she goes on to write what's in her journal, All right, the jur when she had this word given to her. I have been... I need a little bit more light. I have been thinking and praying about things that hold me back, roots of some fear and behaviours that lock me in. I have prayed about what my mother used to say when I was naughty, that she would put me in a home. I had no idea what that meant, but understood it to be a very serious punishment. As I prayed, I think I'd forgiven Mum, but she didn't know what she was doing, and I thought I had repented of bad reactions too. But I didn't seem to be able to move on and prayed and prayed at home. Then I prayed to meet with God, and it was when this letter, today at church. Then, right near the end of the service, Jan gave a word which she thought was odd. It was home. I was staggered and I realised that God was graciously speaking it through her to me as an invitation to respond for prayer. As Jan prayed for me, I cried and cried and cried. I seek that God will continue to set me free. Looking back, this was a pivotal point for me and, and Father God changed me that day. He moved something in me and set me free. And just to say that mum came to look, know the Lord when I was in my teens and she was really changed. I am so grateful to Father God for, for his love and so grateful that Jan listened to him that day and had the courage to give a very odd word. It changed me. Okay? It changed me. Important words. It changed me. And the lady did move on. She's changed. She has a real desire to worship, a real desire to draw close to God and to hear God in many, many ways and to move people on as well. So that, that's just brilliant. Um, also, I know we keep bringing up things from Resonate, but also from Resonate, um, Michael from Turkey, I can't remember his other name, said, every freshly spoken word of God has the power to fulfill itself. All right? Every freshly spoken word of God has the power to fulfill itself. It's like a bit like an acorn growing into an oak tree. When you receive a word or the seed to produce growth, it produces growth in a person. The power is in God. All right? We do the little, God does the impossible. All right? So we do the little. God does the impossible. Right. Now, Steph's word was great about hiding in the garden because it fitted into... Going back to my parcel, 
one, right? The balloon that was a bit, uh, didn't really want to pop back there. It's a bit like, if we're afraid, or I'm not saying you're afraid of balloons, but if you're afraid or unsure or don't want to pop it with whatever, it can be a bit sort of, oh, I don't know. And it's a bit like that with words that God can give to people. You think, oh, I don't really want to respond to that. I don't want people to know that I think this, or I don't want to do that. But unless you make the move and go forward, a bit like you, if you hadn't popped that balloon and passed it on to somebody else, you wouldn't have got the fiver, <laughs> all right? So you don't know quite what God's got to give to you, all right? So that's really, really important. Um, now, I don't know whether this was Phil Wolfview or somewhere else, because I lost the person's name when I wrote it, but I thought it was quite important, so I just wanted to include it, but I can't announce who it was. Um, it says, you were not saved to sit on the sidelines and speculate, but to get on the pitch and participate. All right? This is not a time to hold back. It is... It, it is a time to advance in the strength God gives, to work with his Holy Spirit. Your courage to change the world can only come from Jesus. This was Phil Wilty, the next one. All of God's children should expect to hear their father's voice because this is their birthright and privilege of all children. This is a divinely inspired ability which we must keep fighting for in church life. We all get to hear God, whether or not we have been a follower for 50 years or five seconds. God gives the ability to hear God's voice to young and old and men and women, mature and immature. It is for every Jesus follower. 